Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, everybody. Or I guess if you're catching this on a playback... Good morning or evening to you. This is the PGA DFS First Look Show for the American Express. Maybe one of the weirdest names of a PGA Tour event. It's not like the American Express Classic or anything. It's just called the American Express. But here we are. I am joined by Jeff Ulrich every Monday here for our PGA DFS First Look Show. This is the first time joining us. Thank you so much. Make sure you like and subscribe to get notified when all of our great PGA DFS content is coming out. And also, if you're new to this program, Well, good. Thank you for joining. And what we do here is we go through a quick review of last week. I give you a couple of DFS tidbits. We review a couple of our top favorite pros. And then we go on and get right into this week's upcoming tournament. So, Jeff, are you happy to get out of Maui? Or I shouldn't say Maui. Hawaii, as sad as that sounds, like nobody ever wants to leave Hawaii. Are you ready for the PGA DFS to leave Hawaii? Yeah, no, I am. The first three events of the year – they're okay. Like I, I, I like, kind of like the tournament of champions, but the Sony and the Amex are kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're we get these like birdie fests and you get a pro am in there mixed in there sometime. Uh, no pro am this year, which is nice, but they're a little bit more score fest. Just kind of eases the way into the season. I, I, I like the tougher, more elite fields for the the uh, the DFS side of it. So I'm fine with it. I mean, let's do one more week of the you know the Amex, get a birdie fest, and then then we get into the meat of it. Torrey Pines, Phoenix, Riviera. Those those are the ones I really like. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think last week, and, and we're going to get into that, I mean, when it's so high scoring, if you don't have some of the high scoring chalk or you've missed on a couple of guys, you basically have no chance, especially with last week in the 6 of 6 percentage, which we're we'll also getting into. So let's go ahead and jump right in uh, to our analysis of last week, and it's the trends continuing. That's our first topic. And Jeff, we, we kind of highlighted that we don't typically like to bet on trends. It's, it's not normally profitable. But here is one where we're 9 of 10, where the winner from the Sony Open has played in Maui the week before. And it's something that we talk about a lot. We have to highlight because not only was it Kevin Na coming in first, it was Joaquin Neiman coming in second. Plenty of other good finishes. And I think there was only two missed cuts, Abe Anser and Richie Wierenski. I think most of the other people that ended up playing in both weeks made the cut. So what do you make of that? And is it pretty much just like even though Kevin Na came in last, we got to play him because he played the week before. Yeah, man, it, it, it the trends are the trends early in the season or or it's not just this event, but um, especially for betting purposes, I again like I, I really try not to like buy into them too much. But early in the season in the PGA, there's this three or four events especially 
Pebble Beach is kind of one of them. This week actually has, has a couple trends similar to last week too. You just you, they just always seem to work out. And Kevin Na, I mean, again, okay, he didn't he didn't do anything at the Tournament of Champions, but you, like even you look back, he did. He played well at the Masters. He was actually making a few cuts coming in. He just he got that rust great, yeah. pushed off, and and he was confident because he had the competitive experience. And I'm not saying that's the only reason why he won, but it just it, it has worked out that way so many times at the the Sony that. Uh, Again, it's just one of those ones where you do want to pay a little bit more attention to it. Yeah, for sure. Again, early in the season before guys get their footing, I think that these trends are certainly something to look at. So now I kind of tease this up at the top, the highest six of six percentage as we go into our second topic here. For me, I think a recent memory of it not being like a limited field event. Jeff, this was a full field, 144 players and Granted, Kevin Kisner made a 25-foot eagle putt on 18 to make the cut. A couple of other scenarios like that. 25% 6 of 6. If you didn't have 6 of 6, you weren't cashing this week. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it was, uh, you know, I, it's funny because I didn't really look at the cut percentages after until like the weekend. And I knew they were probably going to be pretty high. But this was, uh, yeah, you, you had Kisner. You had a couple other guys too like that. You know, Sung J.M., was just yep, kind of, uh, yep. was just, yeah, exactly. Right. So it was, um, it, it was one of those weeks where not only did you need like <laughs> the low scoring dudes, the, the, the correct ones, but like you had to have six of six as well. So yeah, it was a rough week. I mean, it, the, the nice thing about it is it, if you did, if you weren't there, you really, you realistically, and you, you pay attention to the ownership, you kind of do like it was over after, after Friday, like for me, it was pretty much over. So um, yeah, it was, it was one of those weeks. It didn't like, like pull you back in with like a late run or anything and then break your heart. So it was okay. Yeah, it's true. I actually shouldn't say if you didn't, you didn't cash. I had a five of six on FanDuel cash, but that's because it had Simpson Horschel back-to-back Eagle man or tease, uh, which let's talk about a couple of other uh, performances from last week that I want to mention, not only was it a high six of six percentage, Jeff, but yep. pretty much everybody above Abraham answer, not Abraham answer, of course, because he missed the cup, but everybody above answer hit value. So it didn't really matter who you put in, whether it was Neiman Simpson, Morikawa, Berger, all of the studs hit, even Harris English. He didn't crush you. He had, he scored, I think around 80 points. So he didn't really help you that much, but even him, if you had matched him up with either a Kevin or Chris Kirk, you were fine. So that made it even harder oh yeah no it the edges this the last week were insanely good like insanely i mean you just had no room for error uh burger was good um you know like you said he needed na or kirk or something like that for sure as as like a low home dude um but you know the the studs were kind of interchangeable so you weren't really gaining any edge there it all came down it was was almost like a one or one one v one or two v two weeks so it's crazy though, man. I mean, if you, if you landed on not, you were in a really good spot, you know, lower ownership and, and obviously Kirk up there too. Actually, Kirk was a guy I wrote up for, for the free Osimo article as the GPP uh, target. Unfortunately, the, the ones I had Kirk in were garbage. So I mean, it didn't help me, but hopefully it helps someone out there. Definitely check out the site uh, as a free, uh, the approach article for uh, Osmo out there every week. If you're uh, thinking about the site, you can at least take a look at that. Like I said, it's free, uh, free every week. Yeah, great call there. And and Kirk, not only did he have a chance to win and really play well, stick in it, but he got his job back. I mean, it's one way to put it. He got his PGA Tour card back. He was playing out of that major medical exemption at 14 starts to get into the top 125 last year status and he did it's great i, I think he's yeah, he needed a t3 or better last week yeah. like what a what a performance i mean yeah. i actually didn't know that when i was watching i was like oh kirk's playing good this is great you know i mean uh 
didn't like I said, not helping me, but it was it was great to see. I mean, I, I knew he was he was starting to play a bit better, was consistent, kind of like Nah, you know, coming in like he had played good at the end of twenty twenty, and uh, and he and he carried over. So, but yeah, it was a crazy story. He needed a T three or better for the full status, and he got the the solo the the second. Not yeah, the T two pressure just... performance. Love that. And, you know, it's it's a good story, too. He battled alcohol and depression, um, you know, yep. something certainly uh, people can relate to and made us all the way back. And it's a great story. Good to see Chris Kirk back on it. So, all right, let's go into our DFS review uh, where we go over a couple of snapshots uh, and important things from last week. And we're going to start off with our first one here. It's the value in point section. The average last week on the uh, was eight and a half X. So that's pretty high for a standard average, especially a full field event. Very high. Kevin Na was your top value. No surprise. 19.8x. Chris Kirk was number two, who we just mentioned. 18.6. And how about this? Brendan Steele is just showing us this course fit mentality, Jeff, that he just performs well in the same courses. Again, had a chance to win here for the second straight year. What do you make of that? Is that another trend that we should be looking at? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't. Brendan I know it's a dumb Steel, question, but he keeps doing it well, to us. Well, and look, like we have we have some some things to go off of for like Kirk and and Nah, right? I mean, they were kind of playing a bit better, but like Brennan Steele was coming in off of like no form. Dude had hadn't finished inside the top sixty in five straight starts, so it's very much like an Andrew Landry situation kind of thing. Um, he obviously likes it here, though. Steele's a dude who has done well like early in the year. Um, uh, you know, he's actually played really well at this week's event, too, a couple times, too. I think he almost won this event one year. So, a uh, good desert player. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, we it's definitely like, uh, you know, a course history thing I, I would pay attention to from now on, um, you know, with, with Brendan Steele. I'm not, I'm not saying you need to, he's like a must player every year. But um, I think it was you who actually brought him up to me, wasn't it, last week? Yeah, just on a course fit thing because yeah, he I mean, seems and, like and, the guy that can do it. And, and I mean, look, the Sony is, it, it's a little quirky course, kind of like the Amex this week, you know, and, and some guys just feel better on, on some of these designs. It's, it's weird, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't not like, I do look at course history, things like that. I couldn't get there with steel this week, just cause I'm not really like a huge Brendan steel guy and his form was so bad, but if you, if you went with course history, it, it, it helped you land on him. So, I mean, I can't sit here and poo poo it or, or, or say it was like a terrible idea. Cause I, I think it is actually a good idea on certain courses, especially Sony. We've got so much uh, course history to work off of. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, great point. Uh, a couple of more that I'll mention here. Matt Jones was a 16 value. Nick Taylor again, showing up 15.75 kind of faltered on the weekend. Keith Mitchell, Kramer Hickok and Peter Melnati all playing very well. Top points that I don't have listed in terms of value because they're higher price guys. As we already mentioned, Neiman, Simpson, Kazire, Horschel, all playing well. So let's move on to the optimal lineup here from last week. And uh, uh, stats were a little bit slower on updating, so I just had to write down instead of taking a uh, fancy picture for everybody. The optimal lineup scored 761 points. Um, yeah, uh, we can go top GPP. Sorry. First, I apologize. Jordan behind the glass is going to let me know. We're going to do the top GPP lineup first and that's the winning one. So let's see how they did. And obviously no surprise. It's had Kevin Na. It also had Chris Kirk. It also found its way to Matt Jones, which hold a note on Matt Jones for me, Jeff. I want to mention him, but it had Berger and Leishman, uh, and Morikawa, Interesting that he really could have gone to Simpson and Neiman. It didn't matter, as we mentioned, in the top four that you picked. Just finding Nott and Kirk, huge value there. Matt Jones, I want to mention him. He was actually one of the top values projected by Osmo. I know when I made my lineups, he's not a guy that I focused on, but a guy I kept getting in my crunches. So 
interesting note there. Jeff, anything else you want to say about this lineup? No, I mean, um, obviously, yeah, we, we both kind of at least thought about Kirk and, and Jones there. So that's kind of interesting. You know, Kirk was uh, Kirk came up as a good value in Osmo, too. That's kind of why I targeted part of the reason anyway. So, again, you know, these tools on Osmo, if you guys are interested in checking them out, they're valuable. Jason and I, I know, use them every week. Uh, nah, a player I just – I regret I, – I, I think I still have this thing in my mind where – I just say, you know, I, I don't, I just try to ignore Kevin Knox because of the back thing, but I, I, at events like this, I don't think that's the right approach. So I, I kicking myself for not paying more attention to Nah last week. Great to see Leishman playing better. Berger and Morikawa, don't need to say much about those guys. Everybody liked those guys. Um, Leishman is a player. I, I think almost uh, that that's the main, that's almost the most important one for me. Just uh, I think so too. I agree. You know, he, um, you really got to keep an eye on him. He's, he's just a fan. He's just a really quality player. And if we're going to get him a little bit lower ownership and going forward, uh, lower prices, you know, definitely uh, uh, something to watch for. He, he's, he's another player, Jason, who really does well at this event every year. Like he's never missed a cut here in like eight starts, nine starts. So, yeah. And we talked about him as being one of those guys that's like, we don't know where his form is, but when he's in form, he's going to be in the top five, top 10. Yeah. Uh, and there it happens. You know, he, he kind of does that and he needed to, he was struggling. Oh, outside yeah. of his 13th at the Masters. So um, good to see that. Okay, now let's go into the optimal review quickly. Uh, it did have Kevin Nahn, Chris Kirk. No surprise there. Joaquin Neiman was uh, the top scorer, more than Simpson, more than Berger and Markawa. Brendan Steele, Matt Jones, and Mark Leishman. So that four of the six did the winning lineup. So not bad there. Okay, let's uh, move along here now to our first pro review where we're going to take a look at some of our favorite pros and see how they did their allocations and such. So we're going to start off with our own Alex Osman Baker, who had a pretty good week in the higher dollar stuff. I noticed he did three lineups in the higher dollar stuff, got two six to six through and cashed both of them in a top five and one. So while his uh, lower dollar stuff or GPP stuff might not have been great, it was still a definitely a profitable week. Here's maybe why it wasn't that profitable. I don't see Kevin Na in there. So when you're playing against, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of lineups, Jeff, and you don't have an 8% winner, it's a lot of lineups that are going to beat you, and that's the problem here. Pretty good other than that. Only, what, two missed cuts, I think, or three missed yeah. cuts out of his top 15. So pretty good allocation. But, again, when you don't have the winner, it's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, he might have he might have had, like, a, a break-even kind of week just because he had such a good cut percentage, although there was a pretty high 6 25, six, yeah. Like he said. So yep. eh, it was one of those weeks where you probably, you know, a little bit disappointed that you couldn't have found a winner and uh, really taking advantage, but, um, you know, the Kokrak, nice call. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought the allocations, um, the one thing that I had note, maybe outside of the players, just a note, uh, he seemed to use a lot of players, which I think maybe took a little bit away from a core perspective. He only had two or three golfers over that 20% mark where typically right. for Alex, he's playing like six or seven guys in that range. So I think maybe he spread it a little thin this week. Um, if I had to analyze, uh, you know, his player pool when I was looking well, at it. And he did go overweight on Hideki. Hideki, obviously lower ownership. So maybe that led into some of it. Adam Scott, probably the yep. same thing. Like he, he's like double the field, those guys. So okay. maybe that led into it, right? Uh, you know, you don't have to go like 50% to get double those guys. So maybe, maybe he ended up spreading it around more. That, that's probably what went into it if I had to guess. But yep. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, one of those weeks, man. It's like you said, you either had nah or you didn't, and you weren't you were just competing for mid caches. So and same thing with me as we go down to mine. Um, you know, I started off with Morikawa at the top, which you know was pretty good. He I got about three X leverage on him. 
I, again, only had two golfers. I had Takumi Kanaya and Russell Knox out of my top 13 owned miss the cut. And I had an awful week. I had no knock. But the problem with me was not only did I have Kanaya and Knox, who were both in the range of Kevin Na, I had a couple of more guys like Taylor Gooch. He was 9 or 10% owned for me. And it basically took all of my non-ownership away. So for me, I had a bad week. Other than on FanDuel, I was very profitable on there. Uh, I think it's maybe just a little bit easier to build in this early season over there. Um, so definitely take a note on that. Uh, we moved to the guys that did very well last week. We always want to check in and see how they got it done, if they're going uh, above or below what we expect. So the winner of that $10 that I just saw, the Fantasy Bros, uh, is his username there. He took... Uh, Colin Morikawa and Daniel Berger as his top two. As you can see, it ended up in the top lineup. Only one missed cut in his top 11, so that's really – he basically nailed it. The only guy he missed was Abraham Answer. But, Jeff, there it is. He had 26% Kevin Na. When you have 26% Na with 30 to 40% of Berger and Morikawa, you've got a wonderful chance to hit a good lineup, and this is what this guy did. And even you can see the guy below him, Wiley77, Matthew Wiley uh, on Twitter, host of the Golf Landia pod, really, really nice guy. Uh, he came in second. You can see 30% Kevin Na. Even though he had three or four missed cuts, Jeff, he still was able to have a great week because of the overweight up top and Kevin Na. Yeah, no, that's right. I, I forgot about that. I, I, I saw it last night that Matt uh, came in um, second in this event. So shout out to Matt Wiley. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seeing him pop up here is funny because I completely uh, flew my mind this morning. But um, yeah, 30% Na, like you said. I mean, these guys went uh, like basically, well, I mean, Matt was like quadruple the field basically, yep. um, which is, uh, it's just such a good spot to be in when you get a sub 10% winner and you're that big. So, um, you know, Horschel was a really good call too, though. And I saw a couple people ask me about Horschel. And I, again, one of those players I wish I could have got to, but um, I think Horschel almost helped as much because he was right up there as well in contention. Uh, ate the chalk with Howell, which I really like at this event. It's just such a good value in, early in the season. Yeah. Um, and both these guys, though, obviously, uh, Fantasy Bros going with uh, more Cow and Berger. But, yeah, I mean, shout out to Matt. Von Taylor in there, too. Like, geez, he was really going after these veterans. So you really nailed it. That's awesome to see. Um, but the nothing obviously put him over the top. Didn't read my article, though. Didn't, didn't have Chris Kirk, so. But no, he did. He's, he's in the huge just, list of guys at 15%. Just, yep. So, oh, he did have Chris Kirk. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Ownership. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. So he was about, you know, he what, 10 extra field there? There's no way he wrote my article. But anyways, no, that's, uh, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm just glad. Uh, it's always nice when you get one of the dudes in the industry who's been around and uh, obviously gives out good free stuff too. So shout yeah. out to him. That's awesome. For sure. And it, interesting to note, I was just taking a look at his player pool. He had 47 golfers, uh, did Wiley, 54 for the Fantasy Bros. So sticking in that under 60 range, which is, I think, where you should be. Um, and noticed a lot of guys on that 15% range, 15.3%, I think, was the actual one. So interesting, he did a, a ton of guys there, and he hit them all. That's the thing. Chris Kirk, Matt Jones, uh, huge, huge returns last week for those two guys. So um, well done to him. All right, let's go on to our lineups, Jeff. And uh, certainly would have loved to have Kevin Knott in any of them here. Uh, no doubt about it. My top lineup, well, it was a decent start until you got down to Doug Gim. And I was high on Michael Thompson. But even that switch, Jeff, if I had switched Michael Thompson in for Doug Gim, I missed the cash by 40 points. I hit pretty much every guy that made the cut that didn't hit value was in this lineup for me. Uh, Sebastian Munoz, Sung J M, Brendan Todd, 
none of them hit value um, or the expected value of 10x or better. If they had, of course, it'd be cash, but not the case for me this week. Yeah, but it's interesting. We were both on Lahiri. I I, I like the Lahiri play. Oh, I liked him after round three. He, he was though. good. Yeah, he it was going well. Um, it, it's a good setup for Lahiri too at the Sony, right? But um, you know, kind of a Kevin Na light kind of player, just can get hot with the putter and and you know, good in his approaches. Um, but uh, yeah, really kind of fell apart round four. Gim was a huge disappointment. I really thought he'd, he'd start out well. Uh, again, I wouldn't write off Doug Gim completely because he, he was such a good birdie machine at the end of the year. Sure. But um, that's disappointing for sure. I wrecked a lot of my lineups. Todd, I, I mean, look, that's the thing. I, th- I still think like, you know, this is a solid lineup. I mean, these are the dudes we were talking about last week. It's just not, nobody really got hot with the putter here. I mean, uh, Sanjay was was terrible all week. Uh, Sanjay was terrible all round, but Morikawa didn't get, you know, still not putting. Todd, obviously, we're, we need more from and yeah. Yeah. And someone was asking me, this is my top lineup. This is what I do. This is my, my $400 lineup or whatever I play in that week, the 1500, the 400, the 200, whatever's my top contest. I always show that lineup. I don't always put my best lineup in that. That wouldn't be fair because, you know, I make 300 a week. So it wouldn't be fair to just nitpick the best one, of course, right. um, just for transparency purposes, of course. Uh, Jeff, uh, you said, as you mentioned, you went to Lahiri, you ended up getting six of six, but I don't think this cash because... No. No. Of Sung JM scoring that 79 points and only getting you about 8x value, it, it would have been a struggle there, right? Yeah, no, I mean, that's uh, that's one of the reasons why I popped this one up. I just so it's always six of six is a don't cash, you just, you just always sting me more like the, the most. Um, I you know, sometimes it's just like it's nice to just get that validation. It's like, oh, I got six of six guys, at least I got a min cash from this lineup, but uh, oh, you did get a min single. cash, okay, good. No, yeah. no, I didn't, yeah, but I oh, did, didn't. Okay. no, I didn't, no. No, no, that's what I'm saying. This one stings, like, because, um, but uh, yeah, they definitely didn't. This was my best lineup, though, for single entry this week. Um, Im, like you, like Lahiri's in there, and um, I like Zach Johnson. He didn't putt well. Henley was was fine. Uh, I still think Henley was, like, underpriced last week. It's really the only good play of the bunch, so I, I – I regret going to Sergio. I, I kind of knew that, you know, you just don't, the putter with Sergio, he's playing well, but the putter is just such a week to week thing. I, I just don't really feel like it's a great event to target him. He just felt underpriced kind of the same with Grillo, but those guys, yeah, this is what I get for targeting bad putters. I should have just, should have gone with the bets who can light it up on the greens like nah, but uh, this was honestly uh, though, even looking at that lineup, it was really just Sungjae. I, th- I think by my calculation, you missed the the cash line by about 30 points. And, yeah. and that's really the Sungjae. If Sungjae hits 101 points, 105 points of cash there. So I fell down the Sungjae trap with you. It's okay. Cause guess what, Jeff, we get to do it again this week. Fall down yeah, the exactly. trap again as we transition into the American express. But before we do, We've got a great basketball game on top here on this holiday. Happy holiday to everybody out there that gets to celebrate and doesn't have to work. Check out the pinned tweet on at Osmo underscore com to enter our NBA giveaway to win a free year of Osmo plus NBA. Just follow the instructions on the tweet and predict whether Steph Curry or LeBron James will score more points tonight. One random winner will be selected among the correct guesses. Make sure to check out the giveaway on our Osmo underscore uh, our Instagram handle. Excuse me. I messed those two words together as well for a chance to win a free month. Good luck. So really fun one there. Oh man, Steph Curry's been hot. So I'm going to go with Steph Curry as my pick this week. Are you going to go against me there, Jeff, or are you going to stick with Curry as well? No, I'm not going to go against you. Not that, not that I know anything about basketball or have been following it as, as hardcore as like the, the DFS guys on awesome. So just listen to them over me, but no, I, I won't go against Steph either. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, let's 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 get Curry across the line here, and good luck on that tonight. Now, let's talk about a little bit of a revamped and a better American Express this week. The American Express, I should say, as we've got no pro am because of COVID. So what no pro ams does is it removes the easiest golf course, La Quinta, and it brings in a pair of Patricks. That when they found out it wasn't going to be a pro ham, decided to come and play here. Patrick Cantley and Patrick Reed added to this field. We typically do get John Rom, Jeff, so I'm not surprised there. But the top end of this field looks so much better coming in competing. Uh, the two courses that they will competing on, PGA West and the Nicholas course, they are going to be easy, no doubt about it. The West course uh, was about minus 1.7 under par last year, and the Nicholas course about 2.5 under par. So still going to be super low scoring. It's a par 72, 7,100 yards, 62% fairways. But the number that really shocked me was 70% greens, Jeff, but they're also super small. They're only 5,000 square feet. So guys like Abraham answer that, you know, aim to, you know, miss small might be a good bounce back spot for him this week. What else do you make of the courses here? Yeah, no, um, you know, short par four, short par fives, excuse me, that pretty much everyone can kind of take advantage of and crush uh, the rough is just like a, a non-factor almost um it's ugly yeah. too it's a <laughs> what's that it's ugly too here it's dormant now in this part of the where right, they okay, are right. in the country yeah. yeah where they are in the country it's they can't really keep up with the bermuda so they just let it go so it's going to be an ugly brown and then there's yeah. going to be the super green fairway kind of looks yeah. weird yeah, it is. It, it always it looks it's artificial. I mean, it's you know you play golf in Arizona and in Palm Springs a lot. You, I mean, I, I at least I actually I have so um, it, it, they all kind of look like this. But um, yeah, the rough there just is not a big deal at all, especially for the pros. So um, really comes down to, in my opinion, you know, it, it helps out uh, like the guy, like you said, the guys uh, with just really solid approach games and, and and the putter. I mean, it's 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 similar to last week, but almost like. Uh, like even more so because there's, there's no trees, there's no tree lines. Like you don't, you don't have to be really that accurate at all. You got to worry about some water here, which uh, maybe is, is like a, can be a bigger factor, especially down the stretch. So, um, but it's really just target golf. I mean, if, if, as long as you're not so terrible off the tee that you're like, you know, getting yourself into like double and triples off, uh, off the tee in a couple holes, then you, you can, if you fire with your irons and putter here, uh, you're going to go. So uh, as we found out with like Andrew Landry last year, any Abraham answer coming down the stretch who, um, like you said, I mean, just they just they just don't miss much. They get them, they hit a ton of greens and um, and and they they make putts. Especially when a, a course has such small greens like this, you know, you go and see. Okay, well, short small greens. Does that mean that they're really hard or they're really easy? And this is a resort course. You know, both of these are resort courses, so that means that they're pretty easy. In fact, top three easiest in terms of scrambling percentage and in terms of overall putting average. These are kind of like random stats, but I like to look at them as a whole rather than individual golfer. Just as a whole tournament, it was the easiest in terms of overall putting average, about 1.51 putts per green. So that means a lot of putts are being hold. I think you can take into account some bad golfers around the green and on the green this week and bump them up a little bit because of that fact. So um, like a couple of names there. So that's a good transition into talk about some of our first clicks. But before I do... I want to make you know, don't make a bet without shopping for the best odds first. Betting lines can change by the minute. 
can also vary greatly depending on which book you are using. So that's why it's important to use our awesome odds shopper tool to find the best line available on the game you are betting or golfer in this sense that you're betting on and give you that edge you need to beat the house head on over to oddshopper.awesome.com where we compile the best bets available for every golfer updated in real time sign up for free to track your bets and receive alerts when those lines move so in our first clicks here this week i started last one with joaquin neiman at 28 to 1 jeff because i just felt like it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In that field, he was priced at like number six or number seven on the board. Yeah. And I felt like where his form was, it just wasn't fair. It ended up paying off very good value. It came good in second, value. obviously. But on the each way, it was pretty good. So do you have this week's Joaquin Neiman for us? <laughs> um, boy, I hope so. Uh, hopefully I can add this week's Kevin Nah. But for me, um, it, it, this is weird because John Rahm obviously withdrew and so the odds have uh, have kind of changed here from from the very morning. I bet Russell Hanley first thing of plus forty five. Yeah, we did Rom withdraw. Can you just? I should have said that at the top, and I apologize, but I'm yeah, literally yeah. just clicking on the odds and seeing he's gone. Yeah, no, Rom withdrew about an hour ago. Uh, I was just, ah, okay. I, I didn't even read the reason, but yeah, as I, I, you know, as someone who writes a lot on Monday morning for golf, I always kind of just try and refresh the the uh, WDs in case something happens as I'm yeah. writing. Uh, I almost, and it is, I've, when I've forgotten to do that, it always seems to bite me. But anyways, he's out. So the odds have dropped on some of these guys. I hit Russell Hanley at plus 45 to one. I really thought that I was just too big at this type of event for Russell Hanley, who's just, he just fires with his irons and putter, man. I mean, you put him on a course like this where just distance isn't a big deal. He can get mega hot. So uh, plus 3,500, I don't think he's necessarily his biggest standout. If you can, um, here now, I mean, I'll go to my next guy. The, again, I, I'm I'm not massively big on betting the favorites this week. Um, I, I'm really interested in Scotty Scheffler and Matt Wolf, but I think the best. I, I, I'm gonna I'm giving Zach Johnson one more shot. I'm giving Zach Johnson one more shot. He's really training well with his approaches. I, I've bet more Zach Johnson more times in like the last five weeks than I have in my entire life, and I guarantee if he doesn't play well this week, I probably will never bring him up again. But he is playing pretty well. His approaches are there. He, we saw him get hot with the putter before. This is a great course for him. Uh, we've seen veterans like Phil here in their you know late forties challenge. ZJ can challenge here too. So I'm giving him one more. I think he's I think a plus like six thousand plus fifty five hundred. That that's good price. I, I I like that. Yeah, and and it's uh, you know tough. Obviously, uh, Rom just withdrawing an hour ago. And when DraftKings and FanDuel are nice to us and give us salaries before, this is the type of risk that they take. Pricing the top guy. Granted, I still like the pricing, even with him out of the tournament. They yeah. still went Cantlay at 11-1, which exactly. I think is a really good price there. If they had priced Cantlay at 10-4, we'd be talking about a whole different side. So it's still good pricing, even though we missed Rom in there. Um, and we'll, of course, get to that. But I think what it does, it did not change the odds much on a guy that I mentioned off the top that I think is in play for a bounce back week. Combined in just two rounds, he lost 4.2 strokes on and around the greens, but his ball striking for the past two weeks has been informed, and it's Abraham Answer. I mentioned at the top, I think he's a guy that aims small to miss small. I think that the smaller greens 
will help his putting, which has been terrible. And I hope that he finds the around the green to be a little bit easier here than it was at the Sony Open. So at 30 to one, he's my quote unquote Joaquin Neiman of the week. I like this range. I still think you get pretty good value on the top five and 10 bets. That's why I'm starting there. Of course, we love Patrick Cantlay on this show, and we probably like him a little bit more now that Rom's not in the field, but he's also the odds favorite. And like you said, we don't love the bet odds favorite because we think we can get him at a better uh, chance somewhere in the event, and typically that's true. So, okay, you went to Zach Johnson at the 55-1 to range. A couple of other guys that I wanted to take a look at, especially one that played well last week. He's coming in uh, here with a, two pretty good starts, two made cuts. He's 90-1. to one. It's Cameron Davis. We talked about him last week as being a guy for DFS. That's good. Now I'm going to turn over to the betting side. I think that he's a good value here, 90 to one this week. Yeah, I definitely took a look at Cameron Davis. Um, he's really talented. He absolutely kills it off the tee. Like he could absolutely kill these par fives. Um, his approach came a bit hit or miss, but uh, if he gets it going, like he, he can putt as well. He, he's, he reminds me a little bit of Cameron champ. Like, um, you know, it, it, when it comes all comes together, like it, it is, he can go low. He, he could, he could get to minus 25. So I think, I think that's a good bet. I, I think it's a good risk. Um, you just, you know, you're getting him at big odds. Realistically, if he plays well, like next week, he'll be like 50 to one. So I, it's, it's a fine price to take a shot with a guy like that. Um, I would say in that range, probably a, I'm, I would probably lean towards Doc Redman on this course. Um, this is just such a good course for him. He hits every fairway, like legitimately hits every fairway. And his approach game, when it's firing, man, like we've seen, I mean, he's, he went, shot like 62 at the Safeway, T3 at the Wyndham, uh, T3 at uh, Bermuda, like, or T4 there or something. So he's, he's, he is right there. Like, he, he can get it going in these events. Um, I, I, realistically, those, those are like the, the two guys at that range that really popped out to me, too. I don't mind Wyndham Clark, but Redmond and Davis were probably the top two in that range for me. So, Yeah, I got to be honest. Um, I think that probably – We'll get a reset tonight, I'd assume, with the, the odds makers, but certainly seeing some really high prices on some of these guys, like even the 400 and 500 to ones, we don't see that at typical events unless we have a star in the field. As much as I want to consider Patrick Cantlay a star, I don't know that he's a star in terms of the entire PGA or golfing world. So I still think there are some values. We can go uh, deep dive in, of course, for a couple of minutes. But I want to ask you something about Doc Redman. I think that he does present great value at 110 to 1. How do you, in a situation like this, we haven't seen Doc Redman the last two weeks. The last time we saw him, eh, the last two times we saw him, it wasn't that good. However, before that, it was great, right? So how do you measure that versus somebody like Joel Damon, who's 90 to 1? Last time we saw him, he came in 20th at the Mayakoba. So maybe he says a little bit better recent form, but neither of them has played a professional golf event in the last month. Yeah, actually, uh, Damon played on the Outlaw Tour. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he no, played I against Max Homa though. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Redmond is a guy like he's these these top finishes that I was talking about. They're they're both coming off miscuts. Like, um, you know, he came into the Safeway off a miscut. T three came into mm-hmm. Bermuda off a miscut. So he's very much been you know the 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 consistency necessarily hasn't been as good as you'd like it but like the upside when he gets the weekend I mean it's it's there so I'm actually not that worried about it because I I did kind of think about that um but you know realistically like his last eight events of, of, of 2020 he's got three top five finishes can't ask for much more than that um so I I, I emphasize the upside a little bit more than the consistency. Uh, we'll see if that keeps playing out with Doc. If if he, you know, maybe it was just a blip and maybe he is in bad form, but I'm willing to take a shot with him at these prices. So um, 
you know, actually just that's interesting because the I know I mentioned some trends at the start, but we do have some some trends and this this kind of yes. works against Redmond, quite frankly, okay. 10 of the last 11 winners here um, did play in one of the two opening season events in Hawaii. So okay. the exception was like Bill Haas in 2015. So again, it kind of it's the same thing like you did if you played in one of the first couple events you they just seem to bring a little bit better form and a little bit more sharpness. I it's just a trend. I mean, I'm, I'm I like still it. taking the value with a guy like Doc Redden and um, didn't, I'm not going to discount him that much because he, he didn't play the last couple of weeks. Um, trends are meant to be broken too. So remember that, but um, it is something interesting. Uh, like I said, most, most of the winners here the last few years have, uh, well, not last few years, last decade have played uh, in Hawaii, at least one event. So good. A guy that's played in both Hawaii events that uh, played pretty good in both of them. That is a former winner here that I uh, clicked his name or had his name to be clicked uh, this week on both the betting and DFS side. And then he came out at 200 to one odds and it's Hudson Swafford. He's a guy that, you know, maybe is a doppelganger for Harris English um, similar, you know, and Patton Gazire. You could throw all three of those sea Island boys all together, all tall, all pretty good putters. Pretty good players for that. So Hudson Swafford was my first pick, 200 to one last week. The only thing that struggled was his irons. So I'm hoping maybe here a little bit of good feels from winning the event a couple of years ago. We'll kick the irons up, but everything else, Jeff, looked really good. So 200 to one for Hudson Swafford this week. Yeah. I mean, look, this is basically the the kind of price he won at, uh, where was it, Corrales? I can't even remember. Corrales, um, yeah. Yeah, Corrales. So, yeah, I Easier course, uh, you know, he'll put it out there, dominate. He can dominate these par fives if his approach game is on. If it's not, he'll be terrible. But, um, you know, uh, Swafford is, he's an upside type of player, right? He's, he's kind of boomer bust. So, um, but those odds, at those odds, I don't mind it. I, I actually bet uh, another player, uh, similar, similar idea. I bet Danny Lee. <laughs> um, he actually, he played in Sony Open last week. He missed the cut, but he still played there. His approaches were okay, though. I mean, he just sucked on the greens like he, like he often does, but, Danny Lee is the type of player similar to Hudson Swafford. Like you'll just, you just won't think about him for like 10 weeks. And then he'd be like, Oh, second place or something. You know, Danny Lee's in the lead. He's in the final group. All of a sudden uh, he's played well at TPC Sawgrass before he's played well at some die designs. Yep. Again, it's a complete shot in the dark, but he's 250 to one. You just sprinkle a little cash on there. So that was kind of my sprinkle on that same range. Fair enough. I got two, what I'll call my, um, my poisons poisons or, <laughs> Maybe you can come up with a better word, or maybe our chat can. My two absolute deep throws that I don't suspect anyone. Yeah, yes. Yes, my vices. Yes. I got two of them this week. 400 to one. They're both 400 to one. It's Akshay Batia. We saw him play in another California event and get in the top 10, the 19-year-old. I don't think he made the cut at that big money classic, but I don't know how much I want to look into that. Just still, I know that he's coming to the top 10 in a California event. So I'll waste a little bit of money on him and I'll just waste money on Will Gordon every single week because I don't think he'll ever make a cut again. Um, but do you have uh, anybody else? Uh, you said Danny Lee, he's in that range. Anybody else in that range that you're like, ah, oh, man, you know what? I'll throw, you know, a couple of dollars on this guy. Cause I think he's got a chance of breaking through. Kelly craft could be interesting. This is the type of event where again, a guy like Kelly craft can just throw it out there. Just, you know, hit every green, um, that would, that might be my target down there. Like in this range, again, we're just talking about dart throws here, people. I'm um, not talking about like actually going nuts on him. You could go back to Lahiri as well. He's really riding his putter though. So 
you know, that, that could be drying up soon. Um, I, you know, I looked down here this morning. I don't really, I know I normally have a couple guys here. I'm like kind of big on and Maybe this is like the type of event, but I'm not super, I'm not super big on, on anyone down here, like any one name necessarily. The young guys are fine. Um, I, I would probably lean towards the vets at this event. Maybe even a dude like, um, oh, what's his name? Oh my God. Now I lost him. Well, there's a couple of guys like Brian Stewart. He played pretty good last week, as did Ryan Armour. Those guys yeah. are like 250 and 400 to one. I don't know if they yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And those are the, like, I don't mind throwing them on th- this event. Um, like a couple of those guys will show up for sure. Jinjong Zhang is the other, the other dude who uh, I was, I was going to bring up. He's on a terrible miscut streak, but I mean, his, his irons can get going too. Um, again, I'm not super high in any of these names. I'd probably rather go to like Armour or something like that, but um, just a name or again, it's very similar to Landry. We know like Zhang can get hot with his irons. We know when he's in form like that, he can compete at, at a venue like this, but, uh, he's just coming in with a bunch of miscuts and no one's thinking about him. So could be, could be the spot for him. Could be a spot for a guy like armor. Um, definitely, you know, at this event, you, you can't, it, it's like, it's almost worthwhile to do that just to take like a portion of what you're going to do for your rights and just say like 10% and allocate and guys over 300 to one, because, Landry coming in five missed cuts in a row, 500 to one long. I don't even know what his form was, but it's very similar 500 to one, like legitimately we've seen this happen. And those aren't the only examples here either. There there's other ones. So this um, is one of the events uh, I mentioned last week that you can kind of suspect a shot in the dark winner will come. Now that's typically with three courses. Maybe we don't have that this year. Maybe yep, we do get a yep. normal winner because of that, but uh, this one in Pebble Beach are ones where I'd be like, yeah, I think we've got a chance at a random winner because yeah. of the three, three and course the, things. I know the, I know the amateur thing that people bring up, but I really think it's more the courses. So I, I still think you'll see a very similar event. Like the Nicholas setup is is similar. Like it just brings so many different styles into play because all these guys can, can reach them in two. Everybody's got Eagle opportunities. Guys can, you know, smash the greens and, and hold the greens on pretty much every hole. So it just brings all the different players into play. It makes it a lot, uh, a lot tougher to get separation, right? It sure does. Now you mentioned a terrible miscountry for Zing Zoom Zang. I'll raise you Zing Zoom Zang and say <laughs> Michael Kim, but Jeff, <laughs> that was broken last week. So no, I'm not recommending you go bet Michael Kim at 1500 to one. Our, this guy's a Fred Haskins award winner. Like he was a really good golfer at a time. He won the John Deere classic. He was really good. He won the John Deere Classic by like four strokes too. Like yeah, he dominated it. So, I mean, he, he four rounds in the sixties last week. Four rounds in the sixties. All under par. I mean, I'm not. How advocating. is this guy still on tour? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good question. When when did he win the John Deere? Was it two years? This might be his last go because remember be the COVID like thing. Special like career winners exemption this year. Is no, what, what I think he's on. What what I think it is is. He won uh, in 2019. Last year was kind of a throwout year, right, because of COVID. So he basically gets a third year because of that. He got lucky. He needs it. Made the cut last week, so maybe a top 40 bet on him because you can get like 10 to 1 on it. So um, just keep an eye out there. I like it, man. That's that's the type of names we need this week. Like it's it's legitimately. So – yeah, all right, let's move into our DFS talk. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% betting Michael Kim now. Yes, I love it. Love all that. All right, now let's go to our DFS preview for the last uh, five or ten minutes here as we've got a hockey coming up right after us at 4 o'clock. Jay Carey on the mic talking about the hockey games. Jordan Klein will be behind the glass. This guy is just like he's our awesome old producer back there. 
like that little tie-in. So um, here we go. Let's start off talking about Matthew Wolf. 9,500, I think he came on price. He was one of the guys. reason why I want to talk about Wolf first is he's one of the guys that I think benefited from Rom being priced in the field. As if Rom wasn't priced in the field, I think this guy easily would have moved up a couple of spots. So if you want to fade the Patricks and the Kepka and the, and the Finau, this guy, I think at 9,700, sorry, is a pretty good place to start your lineups with. And I think you could even pair him up with the guy right below him, Scotty Scheffler at 9,500. And you've got a really quality line. you got 7,700 left. I mean, you can even go Abraham answer if you want to get yeah. jiggy with it, I guess. Sure. And now you've got 7,200 to spend. So I think there's credence to probably fading Cantley this week, which I hope brings down his ownership. And maybe I can go and get 15% and get 2X still. Yeah, I don't. And look, I, I think being overweight Cantley is fine for GPPs if you're doing like 100 lineups, whatever. I, w- I would rather be overweight Cantley and then target like you said, Wolf and Sheffield, you must've read my DFS article that I haven't even published yet. Cause it's basically what I wrote. Uh, starting with Wolf and Scheffler makes way too much sense here for me. Both guys with good birdie rates. We just saw Wolf compete in the desert at the Shriners and event he should have won. It's a similar style setup, man. Matt Wolf mm-hmm. is going to, first of all, I, I very thinly probably prefer Scheffler this week, but like you, every time Matt Wolf is above 20 to one in odds, you should probably be betting him. That's my yep. opinion of Matt yep. Wolf right now. I think this guy's about to go on an absolute tear. Um, I, I did just have this sense that in my opinion, he is the top notch of the, of the, the younger players. He just hasn't, it just hasn't quite related or produced a, like the, the amount of wins that we're, we're about to see yet. And the part of that is he just hasn't been on tour that long. Right. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that this price for Matt Wolf is, is great. You should take advantage of it. And I completely agree on Scheffler. I'm not as high on Scheffler as I am Wolf, but he's he's a really quality player. He's played this this course too. He's going to win at some point this year, in my opinion. Um, starting with those two players, absolutely. That's, uh, like I said, that that's basically what I wrote up this morning. And I think for GPPs, you can think about Kepka, but I, I would just rather go over Ray Cantlay as well. You see the winners here. Now, t- take out John Romney, obviously won a couple of years ago, but you look at the recent winners, recent guys that have had success, like Abraham Anser, Scotty Scheffler, what they are is they're superb off the tee. Not only do they hit it relatively far, Anser's maybe not that long off the tee. Scheffler is, though, but they pepper fairways. I mean, you look at Anser's fairways hit the last two weeks, and they're incredible. That's why I like going back to him. Then at 9,100 this week, he was 15% owned, Jeff. So I'm thinking, coming off the miscut, we could get him close to 10%, especially hey. with everyone's fan favorite, Ricky Fowler at 9,300. Yeah. Outside of the world's top 50, here he is priced at 9,300. Is it an easy fade for you or are you intrigued? I, I mean, I like people can keep taking shots with Ricky Fowler. I know, I know our pal Osimo Alex Baker is going to. Um, and look, I love it. I love the fact he just keeps playing him, but I am just going to wait and see on Ricky. I just, I just can't do it, man. Like, there's just nothing. And the thing is, there's nothing consistent with his game it's like one week he's okay off the tee the next week he loses five strokes one week the irons are firing a bit the next week he's loses strokes on his approaches like it's just like everything is in a different spot and it's so discombobulated man like you know missing the cut at the mayakoba i just i i just know i i'm with you look you've already talked to me and dave around answer i'm playing answer in this range too i love answer uh I, i think you made a good point with the ball striking last week he really didn't play that poorly if we're not going to discount a couple other guys, you know, who, who put it poorly, I'm definitely not going to discount answer. I think he'll be, uh, his ownership will be suppressed. People still like Henley, who I, I still like, but uh, that I, I'd go answer over Fowler this week. 
Ricky will probably get it together in 2021, but like, don't ask yep. me when. I just feel like people chasing now. Really? You know, it's it, it's like, well, well, yeah, I don't know. But it's it's like the stocks, right? You don't have to buy the exact bottom in the stock market. You know, you wait till there's a little bit of an uptrend and then you try to start buying, right? Like, let's just wait to see if Ricky Fowler can put in like a top 15. Let's just see. I mean, I, I have no problem waiting for that. That's just my thing. Right, like his, people will still, people will still roster him this week. And like here's another reason why they're rostered. You're not going to get 5% ownership, right? Like No, especially given this next fact. His last top 10, can you take a guess where it was? Yeah, it was here last year, right? Exactly. So <laughs> that obviously is going to lead to more ownership. People love the guy. I understand why they love the guy. I love the guy. But for all those that are playing Ricky Fowler and say, listen, he's too good of a golfer. He's going to break through this year. I raise you Jordan Spieth. He has not broken through, and he's been terrible for two and a half, three years. It can happen, especially with a guy like Fowler and Spieth, who obviously relied on their putter through their best years. See what happens when that putter goes cold and they don't have the tee to green game to back it up. We both we saw Fowler and Spieth. Both of those guys have tee to green games at a time. That's also when they were making every single putt. So they had confidence to say, I don't care where I put this on the green. Just put it on the green and I'll make the putt. A little difference when that's not happening. So I'm out. I'd rather go to answer who I know is ball striking very good right now. Last two weeks, we've seen that. So as much as I like Ricky and as much as I'm prone to play these golfers that used to be good, I won't be doing it with Ricky that much this week. Um, I'll probably skip over him. Plenty of guys uh, that we can play. Next one I want to talk about, though, is Phil Mickelson. I know he loves this course. I know he's an ambassador at this event. But 8,800, Jeff, come on. I'm not even going to have one share. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, I'm not going to go there with Phil either. If I want to take a veteran, just take Paul Casey. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't even know what Phil's been up to. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure he's just doing his Phil thing, you know, getting ready, being in shape. Drinking his coffee for wellness. Drinking his coffee for wellness, exactly. <laughs> um, even Cameron Champ up there too. Like, yeah, I, I can't go there with Phil. No, I, I like yeah, Paul I Casey. Uh, I like Champ. Um, yeah, let's I talk about Cameron Champ actually for a second. Yeah, and I actually like both those guys. That, that's the other thing. Like, I, I actually didn't even think about Phil this week, but um, yeah, Champ I think is really interesting. I mean, T twenty one here last year. Champ is another player similar to to Wolf. I mean, I, I would not be shocked if this guy t- won something big this year. I really feel like Cameron Champ is on the verge of of joining elite status. Maybe not this year, but soon. And um, again, another player at eighty nine hundred too, Jason. Like, I don't I don't think he's going to be that heavily owned. No, I don't think he will either. I think if he was priced down in that 7,800 range, everyone would try and target him. The one thing that I really like about what I've seen out of Cameron Champ's game, it's his iron play. We know he's going to be superb off the tee, right? But his iron play has significantly improved uh, versus this time last year. Even at out in uh, Maui, didn't have great, but he still gained strokes against the field. Something he wasn't doing at all. Even though he was winning, he was relying on his putter and his off the tee game. Now that he's got the iron play in here, I think that should help him a lot more here this year. I like Cameron Champ. We know he loves California. Obviously, he has a win here too uh, in this state. So, and he's from he's from Sacramento area. I think so. Not a bad play there. And like you mentioned, last fact, I think he's going to be low on. So, okay, let's. Um, we've got like maybe two or three more minutes here. Um, as we move down the board, some names that are playing for the first time this year that I'm interested in. Sam Burns, he's back. Uh, seems like a pretty good course for him. How about uh, Sam Burns this week, Jeff? I, I mean, I like I like Sam Burns too. Um, he was he was hard to leave out of like the betting. Like I said, I went Zach Johnson over him, but 
Um, this is a, it's a really quality young player. Like I would throw him again. He's not, he's not, I wouldn't throw him in the elite status of, of Wolf or, or even champ, but he's a player I expect. It's kind of like a doc Redmond to like pick up a win soon. I mean, he was, he was so close a couple events in the fall kind of broke my heart at the Safeway. really probably should have won that event. Um, it's a good course for him putts better on Bermuda. There's a lot of upside here. It's his first event, but he was playing pretty well again, kind of like Redmond. Like he was really popping with some high upside, uh, towards the end of 2020. And I just wouldn't wait on these players. Like I just would not wait. I wouldn't be like, Oh, let's see if, you know, like Ricky Fowler, fine. Wait and see Sam Burns and doc Redmond. These guys are ready. Like these guys are, are young players ready to go. They kill it uh, with their irons. They kill it off. Sam Burns kills it off the tee. It's a really good course for Sam Burns. So I think from a DFS perspective, I'd be in, I, like I said, I haven't bet him yet. I mean, I could still add him, but um, I, uh, I, I definitely, 8,300. I'll take him over Kazire, who's riding an insanely hot putter. Probably take him nice. over Siwoo. Yeah, he, he, he is my target here. I kind of like Adam Long, to be honest, but um, he's, he's a pretty volatile player. I, I, w- I would say Burns is the pick of the bunch for me here, too. 8,500 for Adam Long. I was hoping expensive. to be able to get him because he's been consistent, but 8,500 is like, holy crime. No hot fire, Adam Long. Like, he is really impressive just in that, like, when he gets on these runs at these easy courses, man, he is – that is expensive. One, one thing about Long is it'll probably keep his ownership down. So it is it is overpaying, but um, yeah. The ever-volatile, and we're not, we'll end on this guy, the ever-volatile guy, he's got three missed cuts in his last seven tries, but the last time we saw him, he was shooting 63 on Sunday at the Mayakoba Classic, a course that we probably don't think is a fit for him, but he got it done. It's Aaron Wise. Guys have been waiting all year for that to happen and had to wait until literally the last event of the year. Is that a turner of the page? And now we're going to get the type of elite form we thought he was going to have out of college, or is that just one of those collected his paycheck, his 500 K and we'll see him again in two and a half months. Oh God. Yeah. It's a tough one, right? Aaron wise. I mean, um, I I will be, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to just fade him here. Uh, it's his first event. Yep. I think I think this is just what you're going to get with Aaron Wise. It's going to be inconsistent Top upside. Inconsistent, um, yeah. You know, he'll he'll miss cuts. He'll be like, "What are you doing? Uh, why? Why? You know, <laughs> just what are you doing?" And then all of a sudden, it'll be like, you know, T11 miss cut second, which is basically what he's coming in with. Um, but at the same time, first event of 2021. Uh, I, I'd rather go to Redmond here. Um, both guys are kind of coming in similar status they haven't played yet i just feel like redmond uh, a little bit better setup um with the irons and the accuracy wise is still a little bit inaccurate off the tee so i'm okay uh waiting for wise you know maybe target him down the road at like pebble or something like that but yeah um it could happen like i said it, you know you look in this range wise and redmond really stick out the most to me just in terms of like pure upside so um it is a veterans course so i mean they're not the only ones with upside but we're just talking about young players with like you know pedigree um, I, I would lean Redmond here, but Wise is, I guess, in the conversation. He's just not going to be on any of my lists. Fair enough. Well, that's going to do it our, for us here for the PGA DFS First Look Show for the American Express. We've got hockey on next. But before we go, if you guys aren't a member and want to know all of the plays that the entire staff here at Awesome is going to be doing this week, then join us for our weekly PGA package starting at just $8.95. We also have an express package that you see on the bottom for $2.95. So stay tuned for the hockey show. Thanks so much for joining everybody. We'll see you next week in sunny San Diego for the Farmers Insurance. Cheers, everybody.